All right, well, listen, I want to I share three points with you today. I want to wrap up with three points. I want, to, I want to talk to you about, number one, you are salt and light. So I want you to just say that. I'm salt and light. All right. The, the second thing I want you to walk away with, you don't, have to, you don't have to repeat it, but that your calling works in every context. That your calling works in every context. And I'm going to tell you what that means in a little bit. And then the last thing I'm going to talk to you about is that we hear his voice, that we need to hear his voice, okay? So this, these are the three things I'm going to talk to you about today, and uh, so I'm going to jump right in with a story. This is a great story. As we were going through this, I had a brother come to me, and, um, and uh, just uh, he'll, I'm going to have him share this testimony at another time, but for right now, I'll just leave it anonymous, and then later you can figure out if, if, if that was the one. It's, pretty, it's a pretty good testimony, but he said I could share, so I'm doing it. I wanted him to do it, but he's out of town, so... Um, so this brother comes to me and he says, hey man, I got to share an awesome testimony of something that just happened and we're right in the middle of talking about faith and work, so I think you're going to be encouraged. And I was super encouraged and you're about to be. He said, Here, here's the situation. He said, I have this, uh, this buddy of mine that has been working in the, in the place that I work for quite some time. And this gentleman um, uh, from, from Christ Center here, he is a manager over a certain area in a sales and service industry uh, business here, here in the area. And, um, and this guy is not bashful about his faith. You know, he's a great guy. He doesn't come in and like beat people over the head with Jesus or anything. It's not like, Hey, how are you doing? You want to pray a prayer with me? He, he, he does it well, he, but he, but he lives his faith. He works his faith. And when he has opportunity, he speaks about his faith. So people pretty much know after knowing him for a little while, what he's about. So he's not like, he's not bashful about his faith, but he's also, he shares it in a way that's really winsome. So this gentleman knows this about my friend, and he says, listen, listen, I don't want to hear any of that Jesus stuff from you. And so my friend's like, no, no problem, that's cool, you know. And, uh, and so they continue to work together, and this, this, this person that, uh, that, that works there, he, he's excellent at his work, and after some time he gets promoted. Not the, not the manager, our friend from here, but this other guy, he's getting promoted because he's great at his job. And they, they work in, a, in, a, in an industry that they rate all their different stores, and this is one of the top stores. And this particular guy that's getting promoted is getting promoted, and when he does, he has to move out of the store. So all the managers are really upset with this guy that's getting promoted because they're like, you jerk, you're quitting the team, you know? And, and we're like, our rating might go down if we lose you. And so they're upset. So instead of rejoicing in his promotion, they're giving him a bunch of grief. And our friend from this house is like, man, this isn't right. And so he, he puts together a, a going away party for this guy. So he pulls together a bunch of dudes and they, they go out and have dinner and shoot some pool and what have you. And, and, and he pulls this together for this dude who told him, I don't want to hear about that Jesus stuff. And, and some time has gone by. It's been a couple of years or so since he first told him, I don't want to hear about this Jesus stuff. So they've just worked together. All right? But as they've been working together, this person who doesn't want to hear nothing about Jesus is watching our brother, this Jesus follower, and how he rolls. And so now they're at this going away party, celebration party, and our friend is getting ready to head home because he is a Christ follower, so he didn't. You know, he didn't stay and drink all night. He uh, had some dinner and had a drink, and then he needed to head out. So, so this, this fellow gets with him, and he says, hey, before you go, I, I got I to gotta ask you something. I've been watching you, and I'm going to be honest. When I first met you, I thought, this dude is slick. Like, this dude is slick. 
How many of you know when somebody says you're slick, they don't, it's not usually a compliment? And, um, and, and, and he's going, I've been watching you, and I, think that, and I think this guy plays the nice guy card because it's advantageous to him, but the truth is for him, it's just all about the money. It's just all about like get, as, you know, get what you can get. It's all about the money. And so he says, but I've been watching you for the last couple of years. And he said, and the truth is, you're amazing at your job. You're just amazing at your job. You're not slick. You're just very, very good at your job, and, and you don't let anything pass. Like, you, you handle your business. And, um, and he says, and I've watched you, and you're, you, you really are who you present yourself to be. And, you know, you're positive, you're kind to other people, you're amazing at your job. And I guess I just have to ask you, because you're like nobody I've met before, is this because of Jesus? <laughs> And he says, yes, man. He says, it is because of Jesus. He said, it is because of Jesus. And the, and the guy says, oh, man. And he goes, all right. And he ends up receiving Christ that night. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah, right? Hallelujah. And then our guy is so awesome that he already connected him with some, some mutual friends in the, in the city where he's getting promoted. And they're setting him up with a church so he can start getting discipled. And so, so this is a good story, Yeah. It's a good story. So, so I want to reference back to this story here, but, but let's just begin with what Jesus has to say about this kind of a scenario. And Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You're the light of the world, a city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. That story I just told you about is this. The story I just told you about is this. Now you notice, first of all, that this man wasn't hiding his faith. The dude knew from the beginning that he was a Christ follower, and it immediately made him want to watch him, because he's like, I've heard about Christ followers, and how many of you know it's not always a good thing, right? Now, we can get down on that, but I got to tell you, I think there's actually a lot of opportunity for us, that for a lot of people, their, their opinion of believers is so low, is even if you're an average Christian, you'll already be looking pretty good compared to what they think of you. That was just for free. Anyway, the point is, is that he wasn't hiding his faith. He wasn't hiding that. But here's the deal. He was letting his light shine before men in such a way that they heard his good words. No, it doesn't say that. That they would see his good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. That takes time. That takes time. It's easy to say a thing and it's easy to have a good day. It's another thing to say a thing and then be committed that even when you're having bad days, you're going to do the right thing. Come on. And Jesus is telling us, listen, you're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And I want you to live in such a way that in every place that you are, you actually bring peace and preservation and flavor and goodness to everything that is inside of your influence and responsibility. Every context that you're in, I've called you to be salt and light. But he does say this, but if you've lost your saltiness, 
You are worthless. Ouch, Jesus. Right? Ouch. Now, we just spent a lot of time. He's like holding her hand. I wasn't like singling you out or anything. I wasn't singling her out. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, I did just then, so that might have backfired a little. No. What's the point here? We are called by Christ to be salty in the place that we are. This whole series, we've been talking about the fact that we're joining Jesus in his ministry in every place that we are. Now, if we're joining Jesus in his ministry and we're all in full-time ministry, and we are, right? Right? I mean, if that's not tattooed on your heart at this point, then go back to start and hit, hit, start with the first one where we talked about dualism and come all the way through to this one, part six, and you're going to be super encouraged. That's your homework if you don't know you're in full-time ministry yet. If you're in full-time ministry and you're joining Jesus in his ministry, then that means that every place we go, we are to bring salt and light because it matters to God. And he's given you an assignment in the place that you are. But in order for you to be effective in that assignment, you have to actually be bringing something that's peculiar and unique to Christ himself. And if you're not, if there's no difference between you and everybody else, there's a problem. Now, I'm not trying to be moralistic here. I'm not trying to say, like, just go out and be good and work hard. And, you know, like, without the joy of the Lord, this is impossible. But, but we've been spending enough time that I think you're catching the life and the joy of what this is, that your life matters, that your life counts, yeah, just remember this. I was thinking about just, just like, you know, for each of us, I think sometimes we think of, of like this, the scope of what if everyone were to come to Christ right now, right? We've got like, what is it, like 7.8 billion people now at this, at this time, right? Are we, at, are we over eight now? I can't even remember. Somebody remember? Okay, I think we're right, we're right coming up on eight billion, all right? And so here's eight billion people. Well, there's two billion people that confess that Christ is Lord that, that are in the world. So how many does that leave per person to lead to the Lord? Right? How many of you are good at math in here? Is it six? <laughs> I'm just trying to engage your brains while at the same time not tell you, I'm like, it's six, right? I'm just, I'm just kidding. So how many of you could take responsibility that if your life could impact six people that that feels reasonable? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty amazing. So, so if we're joining Jesus in his ministry and we want to see everyone come into contact with the king and his kingdom and in our life we're committing, and by the way, over the next little while, the, the earth is going to get to 11 billion people. And there's some really encouraging stuff about that that we probably won't go beyond 11 billion people based on birth rate and how long we live. So science shows we'll get to 11 billion and even out. There's, there, so that's, that's good news, by the way. Go look into that. Super encouraging. So let's just say during our lifetime, we get to see 11 billion people that, are, that, we, that we get to that point. So how many is that? How many is that? Nine people. Do you think you could share Christ with nine people? Would you invest your life into nine people? Would you do that? Do you feel like that's reasonable? You don't even need to lead 10,000 to the Lord. Nine. Could you do Nine. I feel, like, I feel like it's like, you know, Abraham, right? Lord, would you, would you save the city for? <laughs> We're joining Jesus in his ministry to be faithful and be salt and light 
And if every believer does that with nine people, he can come home. Everybody's heard the gospel. So this isn't some kind of like pipe dream. This is real. And we're in full-time ministry getting to do that. But we must actually live a life that causes people to question, why do you do what you do? Why, why are you so committed to bringing love and respect and honor and excellence into each thing that you do? Why do you care about people that are really rude to you just as much as you care about the people that are really kind to you? Why do you do that? Why are you, where are you from? Is it Jesus? <laughs> is it, is it Jesus? And as you and I are embracing the fact that we're actually in full-time ministry, and then that means where we spend the majority of our time is where the majority of our ministry is, suddenly we recognize the amount, the incredible amount of influence that we have, the incredible amount of opportunity that we have, and it causes us to begin to go, then I do want to be salty. I do want to bring light. It's a bummer right now that salty is a, is, is a, is a slang term, right? It's a little salty, sort of like a salty sailor type thing. But we want to be good seasoned salt because we begin to recognize that that is the place where God is releasing his kingdom through us. It's not some far away place where we finally get into that sweet spot and now our life matters. No, that we're joining Jesus in his ministry right now in our context and it already matters. And so we need to bring salt and light to bear in that place. So that, so that like my friend, that people who are watching you, because by the way, did you know people are actually watching you? And that's not, a thing, that's not a thing for shame. That's a place for opportunity to say, wait, people are already watching me? Like I'm already preaching the gospel right now? Yes, and you're either doing a marvelous job or a poor job. <laughs> and you know, you know what you are doing. And Jesus is a little hardcore. He goes, hey, listen, just so you know, if salt doesn't have any flavor, it's absolutely worthless. In other words, if your life doesn't, doesn't make it taste like Jesus up in here, your ministry is pretty much kaput in this area. Now, the invitation is it doesn't have to be. The invitation is if it matters, you can engage right now and start changing that. But we must be salt and light. Amen? Can you receive that? All right, so then we have to ask the question. Oh, here we go. We realize we bring value to every situation as salt and light. So then we have to ask the question, am I still salty? <laughs> Which, am I? Am I salty? Oh, Lord, am I? Just start thinking about where you spend most of your time. You bringing salt to that? People glad you showed up? They... <laughs> Do they want to pick you to be on their team? <laughs> you know? It's like when, when it comes to doing a job, are people hoping they're going to be next to you? Some of you are like, oh, no. <laughs> the other thing is, do I bring light to everyone in the room? Do people actually know what I'm about? If I can't mention the name Jesus, does everything about me Shout Jesus. Because remember, people liked to hang out with Jesus, guys. Do you remember that? 
People liked, they invited him to all their parties and their dinners and their weddings. His critics accused him of being a glutton and a drunk because all the sinners wanted him to come hang out with them. And he brought light and salt to that and preached the kingdom. But the point that I'm trying to make here is that everybody liked him. He was cool people to be with. Are you cool people to be with? I remember having conversations with people that are like, I'm being persecuted because I'm a Christian. I'm like, that is not why you're being persecuted. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is not the fruit of the spirit that people are not liking about you. That's not the thing at all. I know, right? We're all busted too. We're laughing because we're like, oh, that's me. Come on. <laughs> all right. So we got to be salt and we got to be light. The next thing I want to talk to you about is that your calling works in every context. Jason, talk to you about the fact that we're joining Jesus in his ministry and we've been given all these gifts through the Holy Spirit that we get to bring to bear in every context that we're in. And, and I don't have to go back and preach that sermon, but go back and listen if you haven't heard it. But the point is, is that we're not having to come into a church and become a pastor or an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist or a teacher in order to bring our gifts to be fruitful, we're called to do the work of the ministry in every place that we are, and you are a gift, and you're joining Jesus in his ministry as that gift. So if you've been equipped to be pastoral, you bring that gift into, you know, maybe like for this gentleman that I shared a testimony, this dude is like strongly gifted pastor and teacher. This dude just exudes love and good news. Like he just, he can't even help it. Am I, he just, he can't help it. So he just, he just brings that and he creates that on his team that he leads at work. And you know what happens? People get saved around this dude all the time while he's just doing what he does. And he's very successful in his place of business. And he brings the gift that he is to that and brings fr profitability for his company, joy and freedom and profitability for his team and fruitfulness in the kingdom because it's all God's stuff. Do you see that? And why? Because he understands his calling and he brings it into his context. Now, many of us have grown up believing that there's only specific contexts that we can happen in. We have this very one-dimensional picture of like, that like being, I mean, I don't know, for me, I would read that scripture about being salt and light, and I honestly thought that what that meant was, if I'm salt and light, that that means that every place that I go, that at some point, or hopefully probably daily, I'm supposed to actually ask people like, do you know Jesus? Do you want to know Jesus? And that's part of it. I mean, like when the Holy Spirit prompts you, do that. You need to do that. But that's a small part of it because the, the large part of it, like I'm, I'm saying it's a small part in, in, in it's, I'm sorry, it's, you need to speak it and you need to live it. But you do a lot more living than you do speaking. Okay, so if you're going to use your whole body, look at the proportion. I've got a lot more legs and hands and feet and body than I do of a mouth. And I need to use it proportionately if I'm going to be bringing the kingdom. All right? You got that? So, so the point is, I need to actually show 
that, that what salt and light looks like in every single responsibility that I have, and then it gives me an opportunity to speak about it. Are you, are you with me? But my original context was just the speaking. Like, I just need to be like, do you know Jesus? Do you want to know Jesus? Jesus loves you, or do you want to know him? Do you still want to? What, yesterday you didn't want to, but how about today do you want to now? Now do you want to know him? And, and it didn't work, by the way. Like, not even a little bit. Because it was out of proportion to how God wants us to bring our call to the whole part of it. Are you with me? So we get to be salt and light. We get to bring our calling into the context. When I worked at Les Schwab, um, you know, when, when, I, when I ended up, because I came from Les Schwab to this job, right? Which is like such an obvious transition, right? I mean, most people do that. It's like tire man, pastor, it's perfect. But here's the funny part. When I did that, though, no one at Les Schwab was surprised. They already called me Rev. Like, they did. That was my nickname at Les Schwab was Rev. And because I was already me. I was already bringing my gift to Les Schwab. I remember at one point, like, there was this guy, and we're working back on the truck slab, and he hurt his wrist, like, horribly. And he's like, dude, this thing has been driving me crazy. And I was like, oh, man. Actually, you know, I've seen God heal wrists before. Let me just see that. And I'm like, Lord, I just pray you just heal that right now. And I'm like, all right, move it around. How's it feeling? He's like, it's totally, completely no pain whatsoever. I'm like, awesome. Let's put these tires on this truck. And so, like, because you're just doing what you're doing as you're doing it. How's that thought? Right? You're just, you're just living it out. You're just living it out. I remember what was interesting, too. It was kind of funny. I was thinking about this when I was at Les Schwab, is um, that I was working pretty hard to not swear. I'm, I grew up in a little redneck town. That's been one of my hardest challenges. I'm just confessing that right now. It's taken me so long. And so I was working on it there, you know, and anybody who's working like blue collar, like this brother right here, knows that that's a challenge, right? So I would make up all these goofy things, right? I remember one of the things that I made up was knuckle buckle. That doesn't even make sense. I still say that. Stinking knuckle buckle. And I would say it so often, the other dudes started saying knuckle buckle. So they would like, they would switch out swear words for my goofy non-swear swear words. I just had this effect on people. I wasn't trying to get them not to swear. I was just trying not to do it. Are, are you with me? So, so when I actually got this job, then I remember the store manager saying, Josh is going after this, which, come on, we're not surprised, right? And everybody's like, no, we're not surprised at all. Why? Because I was already bringing my gift in that context. I was bringing my calling in that context. Your calling is not reliant upon the context. Your calling works in every context. So whatever you do, work at it heartily as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It's the Lord Christ whom you serve. There's nothing keeping you from bringing your calling, your giftings into the context that you're in. And I want to go further to say this, that the Lord is the same one that said, if you're faithful and little, you will be given much. But if you are faithless in very little, you will be faithless in much. That's the rest of it. Again, I love how Jesus doesn't pull punches, okay? So what's the point? He loves you too much to promote you before you're ready. He loves you. Why don't you just get, like how many of you are going to buy a car for your, for your kid, right? When, when they're 16 or at least you're going to help them buy it, you know? Hopefully you'll pay half or whatever. But here's the point, right? You're happy to give them their keys when they're 16. You ain't giving them to them right now when they're four. Why? Because you love them too much to give them that kind of authority, to give them that kind of responsibility and authority. They, don't, they can't handle that. And you love the people, hopefully, out there as well too much to give them that authority and responsibility. Well, Dad is the same way with us. He's not going to give you the context that you very well may be called to be in in 40 years or 35 years or 30 
or maybe even 10. But the point is you're not getting those keys until you've grown in Christ as you ought by being faithful in your calling in the context that you're in. And if you don't invest in that, if you don't stay salty and filled with light and faithful in your context, you're not, you're not trustworthy to be given a different context. And he loves you way too much to promote you. I'm telling you, and he loves me way too much to promote you. Ow, ouch, right? And, and everybody else, but he just really likes me. I just wanted to point that out. Are you guys, are you guys with me? Now, here's the good news. If you feel like you've been going around that mountain for a really long time, you probably have. You probably have. You're not going crazy. You really have been stuck. So the question is, Lord, am I salty? Am I bringing light? Am I bringing my calling into this context? Am I being faithful with little? Or am I being faithless? Have I, have I lost sight of the fact that I'm in full-time ministry right now? Lord, would you show me today what it is that you want me to do today? Because I need to show up and realize this day matters to you, so it matters to me. These people matter to you, so they matter to me. And, I'm a, and I've got a pastoral calling on me. And I've got a, an, an apostolic gifting and calling in me. So I need to bring that to bear in this context right now. Because if I can't bring my apostolic calling to bear on Mickey D's, I sure as goodness am not going to bring it to bear on Oregon. Right? So, so good news, your calling works in every context. Are you, are you encouraged? Now this is awesome, I, I love this. For it's God who's at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so you'll prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent. Children of God, above reproach, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world. There it is again, among whom you appear as lights. Now let me break this down. Do all things without grumbling or complaining, grumbling or disputing, and you will appear as lights in the world. There's a Selah right there. Quit your whining, and just by doing that, you will look like lights in the world. Just stop complaining. <laughs> Do you see how brilliant this is? How many of you, okay, so you all just needed to hear that. That's why you're so quiet. Sorry, I need to be more gentle about it. Isn't this good, though? No, honestly, think about all of the grumbling and complaining that goes on in this world. It's not fair. Right? If you just don't do that, you don't even have to do anything good yet. You already are like head and shoulders above everybody else because everybody's complaining all the time. You shine like a light. But that's just the kindergarten part. Perhaps I'm beleaguering this point. It's a good point. It's a really good point. No grumbling and complaining. But we get to be lights in the world because here's what's up. Do you know why? Do you know why we have the, the option to not grumble and complain? The truth is if you have no hope, grumble and complain. But we actually have hope which sets us free from having to grumble and complain because we begin to go, you know what? My father is a rewarder of those that seek him. And he says, if I'm faithful in little, I'll be given much. So even though I'm in here polishing toilets right now, 
I'm going to do it unto the king, and I'm going to make sure my fellow toilet polisher feels like the luckiest person in the world because they get to work with me, and I'm not always going to be polishing toilets. Or I'm going to become the toilet polish king CEO that creates a new toilet polish thing, (laughs) and I'm going to be glad I was polishing toilets, but either way, I'm getting promoted. And so you don't complain because you go, there's treasure everywhere. Are you seeing this? Because my calling works in every context. And with the king and his kingdom, that's not hyperbole. That's the truth. And we shine as lights. Are you seeing this? So your calling works in every context. And then here's the, here's the, uh, here's the thing I want you to get. When you and I begin to recognize that our calling works in every context, it makes room for joy. Look at this. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. This is, where, this is where Jesus was hanging out with the Samaritan woman at the well, right? He goes up. He's thirsty. He asks the Samaritan woman for a drink of water. Holy Spirit gives him a word of knowledge about the Samaritan woman. He gets to minister to her, and then she runs off and tells the whole town, hey, there's this prophet in town. you got to come see him, and they all come to hear Jesus. Well, Jesus is super blessed, right? He had sent the disciples to go get some lunch because they'd been on a long journey, and when they get back they're like Jesus here's the sandwich and he goes oh I'm already full they go did somebody else bring you a sandwich he says no my food is to do the will of him who sent me see doing the will of God is satisfying when you and I understand that our calling works in every context and we start doing the will of God instead of complaining and whining and moaning and waiting around and saying all of the good things are already taken and God forgot me and blah 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 but instead we go man I have a calling right now what are you doing right now Lord and you start partnering up with him you become satisfied even in those moments where you may not be in the like God's given you words that are going to come to pass in 30 years but I hope you have a plan between now and then because if you're just going to hold your breath till 30 years, number one, you're never, that's never coming to pass. Because you're not actually even growing to be able to handle what he wants to do in 30 years. All right, so that's already out. All right? But when you see it, you begin to celebrate. You let your calling grow in those moments. You make those divine appointments. You become satisfied even on the journey. Because it all matters to him. Because there's people between here and there. This is all about the people, people. Isn't that good? And so the joy of the Lord, and I love this, Nehemiah 8.10, do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You start tapping into the joy of the Lord because you're allowing your calling to minister to those that are around you right now in whatever and every context that you're in. Do you feel like you probably got this down? Have I tattooed this on your soul? Because that's what I'm doing. Have you noticed I'm pretty much just saying the same thing over and over again? I am. We gotta get this. Your calling works in every context. So you get to be salty and light and know like I could use my gifts right now. I love Eric Liddell. You guys are probably familiar with the story of Eric Liddell, Chariots of Fire. He was this amazing missionary actually. He died in a concentration camp ministering to to prisoners of war. And amazing man preaching the gospel but you know before he before he went on missions he's getting ready to go on missions but man this dude could run and he had this goofy running style where he would like look up and run. it's just funny looking dude but here's the thing he uh, in his in his zeal unto the lord he kept the sabbath it was vital vitally important to him it was how he honored the lord and he was able to get into the olympics but they were going to run on the sabbath and he's like i can't do that so the race that he'd been training for, his, his like signature race, he couldn't run, but he refused to do it because he's like, I have to honor the Lord. 
And he ends up running a race that he didn't practice for that wasn't his best and won it and won the gold. So it's this amazing story of God honoring this man's faith and commitment to him. At one point in the movie, some of, the, some of the, his fellow believers are challenging Eric and saying, Eric, you're wasting your time with this running thing. Like, you need to go and share the gospel and be the missionary that you're called to be. And he says, he says God has created me to share the gospel. And I do, and I will. But he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. There's something about when you engage your calling in the context that's before you, you feel his pleasure. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You, 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 when you, if, if you're a pastor, you feel good when you're pastoring. And it doesn't matter that you're running a team at Safeway. You're pastoring that team. If you're an apostolic person and you're creating something that's, that's, that you're, you're creating systems and a culture within, whether it's within the team you're on or within your family or within wherever it is, as you're bringing the blueprints of heaven to bear upon the things that are within your responsibility, you feel his pleasure. So there's a joy that begins to happen. So for those of us that have been weary, and some of you have been weary, you're like, God, when does the good stuff happen? When does it matter? When does it count? And the Lord's going, right now, right now, take the calling that I've given you and apply it to the context you're already in and allow yourself to feel the pleasure. Run! And do it with me. You see that? And here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. We have to listen for his voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. Guys, he said, when, he, when Jesus went away, he said, I'm gonna send you the Holy Spirit and he'll be with you always. I won't leave you as orphans. And what does the Holy Spirit do? Comforts us, speaks to us, teaches us all things. But it's how we hear the voice of God. And this life, all the things we're talking about, we gotta be sensitive. Lord, what are you saying right now? What are you saying right now? You know, this, this gentleman I told you the story of in the beginning, the, the Lord put that in his heart. Like, you need to honor this man. You need to let this man know that you're not cool with this fact that they're all treating him like he's a traitor because he's being promoted for his good work. You go tell him, good job, man. I'm excited about what's happening for you. And that guy got saved because, this, because the, our brother was sensitive to the unction of the Holy Spirit. We gotta be sensitive to the unction of the Holy Spirit. As I was preparing for this preach, I... Um, I've had a toothache for the last few days. Boy, is that phenomenal. I'm just thanking Jesus for every second and every moment of my life that I don't have a toothache. It's so good. It's just good to not hurt. Just if you're not hurting right now, just take a moment and thank you, Jesus. It's wonderful. I didn't realize how much I appreciated it until the last few days with this toothache. Now I remember how much I appreciate health. So I couldn't eat anything because it was horrible. So in preparing for this sermon, I thought, I'm going to go get a Jamba Juice. That sounds good, get a Jamba Juice. So I got in my car, and I drove to Eugene to get a Jamba Juice. I had my stuff ready to prepare for this sermon. And I thought, I'll go to a coffee shop after that. So I'm thinking, maybe I'll go to Cafe Vero. Maybe I'll go to Starbucks. I don't know. I've, there's so many choices. And, and so I get there. I get my Jamba Juice, and I'm thinking, where am I going to go? So I'm slurping my Jamba Juice, and I did what any good man does when he doesn't know where to go. I just got in the car and started driving. And um, my wife loves it when I do that. I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. Let's just go drive. It's like the worst thing in the world for her. <laughs> so at any rate, 
She wasn't with me. And uh, so I'm driving, and, and I'm like, where am I going to go? And the, and the Spirit just drops into my mind. I want you to go prepare your sermon at Max's. And I'm like, Lord, I just came from Junction City. Like, Max's is where I came from. I'm going to do something in Eugene. But you know what? I have been listening to what we've been preaching to you guys. And I have been thoroughly convicted of the Lord that he goes, you know, Josh, how you've been preaching about everybody needs to bring joy and enjoy every part of the jobs that they have and every part of their life. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's a good word. He goes, yeah, it is a good word. I want you to apply that to all the mundane stuff in your job that you don't bring joy to. And I want you to start looking for me in those places. So I've been practicing that. Okay, I've been practicing that. So when he said... I know, I just told on myself. Yes, studying and getting ready for sermons is mundane part of my job. So anyway, I like meeting with people. I do. It's exciting. I like doing this. I don't mind preparing, but I really like meeting with people. I like strategizing. I like praying. I like worshiping. That's my favorite part if I'm with people. I have to be alone to prepare. Not my bag. So I'm like, okay, Lord, I said I would invite you into this, and I would be obedient, and I would give the same amount of joy. And so if you're telling me to go to Max's, and prepare. I'm going to go to Max's and prepare. So I did. So I head into Max's, and um, and I sit down. I get I get my I get my stuff out, and I'm and I'm sitting there. And I a couple weeks ago, I was driving down the road uh, doing something else, and I drove past this particular woman, and the Lord said, "You owe that woman an apology." And I'm like, "I do." And He said, "Yes, you do." And and He kind of flashed before my mind the memory of the last time that I had met with her, which was years ago. And I said, oh, I do. <laughs> and um, so I go to Max's. I'm preparing. That woman walks by. And I go, oh, I'm going to call her Sally. Sally. Hi, Joshua. Sally, do you have just a couple of minutes? I would love to talk with you. She goes, yeah, I think I got a couple of minutes. I said, great. I said, because I, I actually owe you an apology. And she's like, I said, yeah, I, I have to ask you to forgive me. And I said, you, several years back, you came to me and you asked me for some help with a specific situation and you opened up your life and made yourself vulnerable for this area of need that you had. And the way that I communicated to you, I communicated, not only did I not help you with your problem, but I communicated that really it was your fault that that had happened. Yeah, you guys are like, shut up, I'm not at the end of the story. So, um, and I said, and I have to ask you to forgive me because I absolutely blew it. I mean, I just did. I, I really did not honor what you came for, and I realize, you know, now how that came across, and I just have to ask you to forgive me, because that's not what you asked for. It wasn't helpful, and I don't have a defense for it, so I'm just asking you to forgive me. And she starts crying, and she says, I do remember, and, um, and she said, you, you know, and she did forgive me, because I needed to be forgiven. I wasn't, I, I really blew it. And um, so here's this great opportunity to clean up my mess a mess that I made in my job. And the Lord gave me a word while doing my job to go be in a specific place to do my job. And while doing my job, he gave me an opportunity to clean up a mess that I made while doing my job. While preparing to talk to you about doing your job. <laughs> now, if God's not a multitasker, I don't know who is, right? So, so I'm sitting there, I'm thinking about this. Now, I I want to give you a, a, a nugget of goodness here, a, a gold nugget, as it were. I have found that one of the most profound ways that God has given, and I think this is for most believers, but I think that I may take it to the next level just because of my words per minute, and that is 
I have seen more opportunity to show what a true Christ follower is through cleaning up my messes in the workplace than in any other way. Now, I am a hard worker. I do good work. I keep my word. I'm just saying, like, those things are all good, and, they, and there's, a good, there's good fruit from that. But I'm saying as far as people and seeing people really actually willing to entertain that maybe there's something different, it's actually, I've, I've seen so much fruit in my life when I'll go and apologize because I didn't do something well and, and take ownership of it. Whether it's through making it right because of a job that didn't work out, whether it's an interpersonal thing. And I just wanna encourage you, you'll be amazed in your places of influence that if you'll humble yourself and go and own it when you blow it, you'll find so much fruit there because it is of another world, another kingdom to come and say, you know what, I've been thinking about our interaction and I just need to let you know that I owe you an apology and, and, and I need to make this right. And people will just be like, <laughs> who are you and what is going on? It's amazing. And that's, I just wanna tell you, that's a tool you have as a kingdom person joining Jesus in his ministry, that we live in a kingdom where we actually ask for forgiveness and extend it. So anyway, I got the opportunity to live that out. And here's how it ended. There was a wonderful, I wanna share this with you. So this woman, she, she cries, she forgives me. Thank you, Jesus. And, um, and then she says, well, you know, it's interesting that you, that I ran into you because I did wanna tell you this. She said, about six months ago, I was, um, I had just found out, I had just been fired like three days before. And then on that particular day, I had been informed that I was not going to get unemployment uh, because of some shady business that was going on there, not with her, but with that, the situation, how it had gone down. And I had a child who was having major medical issues, and now I had no insurance, no unemployment, and no job. I had just bought a house. So I'm just spiraling and she said, and so I, I had like four things to do to get at Safeway. And I went to Safeway. I'd been wandering around Safeway for 20 minutes, and I'd only gotten two of them. So I was so distraught. And she said, I'm just like on the edge. I don't even know what I'm going to do. And she said, I, I, I look over, and there's this gaggle of little people, of, of, of youths, and they're running towards me. And they said, miss, 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 can we talk to you? Can we talk to you? And she says, uh, yeah, sure, what's up? And they go, you're wearing a pink jacket. And she, she was, and you have blonde hair. And she does, and, and you're at Safeway. And she was. And they said, we were praying, and we felt like the Lord said, there's a woman at Safeway in a pink jacket with blonde hair, and I want you to bless her. So we're here, and we just want to know if we can pray for you. And so this was our youth group here at Christ Center, doing a treasure hunt. And so they went and they laid hands on her and they prayed for her and she's crying and the kids are crying. And, and she said, but what God did was he absolutely just shifted it where it turned from like fear of the future to, you know what, he's gonna be with me and it's gonna be okay. And she said, over the next six months, God paid for all of the medical bills. I still have my house. We ate, all of our bills got paid. And I just, in the last, um, like I think she said last month or so, I just started a new part of my career where I now make more than I ever did at that old job. And it's a much better situation and it's flexible and it's just 
a total win. Like I wouldn't trade to go back. And she said, but, but this is, this is, this is what God did with me. And she said, so I don't know what you're teaching those kids at the youth group, but keep doing it. And um, so, so this is what God did. This was the fruit of what God did in that moment. Isn't that, isn't that exciting? Isn't that encouraging? But why did it happen? Well, it happened because the Lord said, Joshua, while you're at work today, go prepare your sermon at Max Porter's. My sheep hear my voice. So be salt and light. You are salt and light. We, we don't come here on Sundays only to feel good. It does feel pretty good. But we come here to be sharpened by one another. We come here to experience the manifest presence of God in a way that he only reveals himself when we come together corporately. It says that he dwells in the praises of his people. We come here to hear a prophetic word about his gospel, his scripture that cuts to the heart, that exposes the motives of our heart and reminds us who we are and what we're about. And then we go out into our ministry as salt and light to allow our calling to bring his kingdom into every context that we're in. And as we do this, beloved, we listen for the voice of the Lord because he's the one that knows when it's time to invite someone to lunch or knows when it's time. You know, last week, the testimony of promoting a young man who was not worthy to be promoted, but the Lord knew what he was doing. And this follower of Christ said, okay, I'm gonna invest in you a little early. It wasn't negligent in what he did. He just was like, well, I'm gonna invest in this, guys, even though I don't see any forward fruit. And you saw the interaction of what God did through that testimony, saving that young man's life because a follower of Christ goes, okay, Lord, you're asking me to invest in this person. I'll start investing in this person in a unique way. And God saved a life through that. See, my sheep hear my voice. So as we're engaging, as you're understanding, I'm in full-time ministry, listen for the voice of the Lord because he has set up divine appointments of what he's doing in his ministry every day for you. Amen? Amen? All right, let's stand up, let's pray. Father, we are so grateful that you've called us into your kingdom and that you've called us into ministry with you. Thank you, Jesus, that we get to join you in your ministry and that you've given us all these gifts, Lord. We get to be pastors and teachers and evangelists, prophets, apostles, administrators, helpers, miracle workers. We get to interpret tongues and prophesy. We get to build. We get to do so many things, all of them gifts that you've given. Will you help us, Lord? Will you let this be a turning point for each of us that we would engage with you with full hearts, with the joy that comes from you, and that we would see every single person hear the gospel, that we would demonstrate your goodness in everything that we do. We ask in Jesus' name. The prayer servant team is coming to the front. And if you need to receive encouragement or prayer or fresh anointing for the ministry that you're a part of, please come and receive it. 
Thank you guys for your time today and thank you for your passion for Jesus.